Well, welcome or welcome back to another episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. It's Kathy here again, and I'm excited to share this week's episode, which is all about being a better effective caregiver and feeling good about it. So I love the analogy of a mobile or a cell phone. You just don't buy your phone and you're good to go and it works and you never have to do anything with it. It requires you to go ahead and put it on the charger or plug it in when the battery becomes low. You have to run those darn updates um, periodically to go ahead and make sure that you know your phone works and you can use all the applications. Once in a while, or more often, hopefully, you clean it because that face of the phone um, gets sticky or cloudy, or you just want to go ahead and get rid of all of the germs. And then you have to think about once in a while, it doesn't work. It freezes up, or you can't figure out why it's not working. And 99.9% of the time, you have to just power it off and power it back on and it's all ready to work. Well, kind of the same applies for you as a caregiver. You can't keep going and going without recharging. You can't just go ahead and ignore any updates or challenges or barriers that happen. And once in a while, you just have to power off and recharge yourself as well. Only when you first help yourself can you effectively help others. Caring for yourself is one of the most important and one of the most often forgotten things you can do as a caregiver. When your needs are taken care of, the person that you care for then benefits. Prior to caregiving in 2017, I was prepping and preparing for my ninth half marathon. First of all and foremost, I was a trotter. I never was one of those elite athletes that could go ahead and pound out personal bests. I was a trotter, but I took pride in going ahead and staying staying in shape and enjoying my running. I love to run. But I could tell when I was when I was in a funk and things weren't going well. First of all, I would do my long running on Saturdays and then short runs during the week and then work out, you know, like weights and different types of my body, maybe yoga or meditation on other pieces. So I had like a five day plan. But when I didn't eat well, when I didn't hydrate, when I didn't sleep well, or I had a stressful week, I could always tell when I ran on Saturdays. And those uh, long runs could be anywhere from five miles to when I got higher in my training, they were 13-mile runs. And I just felt like I had cement in my legs when I didn't properly take care of myself. There is no other way to, to just say it. In caregiving, you have to put yourself first as well. If you don't, you will physically and mentally suffer. And I hate saying that, but it's true. And you won't be your best for your loved one if you're you're not at your best. So today I want to share with you two of my most important tips to treating yourself well, taking care of yourself, and being an effective caregiver. Tip number one is you have to create this foundation 
or this framework to succeed in your life at anything you do. And we'll narrow it, hone it down to caregiving in just a minute. But creating this foundation or framework is necessary necessary for you to perform at your best and most importantly, to be a, uh, an effective caregiver. Think about like a business owner, somebody that owns a business, they have to create this foundation or this framework to run. They have to have the best CRM or computer system if they're going to go ahead and take in orders and, and have an online store. If they're doing a brick and mortar store, their building has to be within code. It has to be set up properly. It has to flow. They have to have maybe the office and the tools to go ahead and run. They may need a team of successfully trained people to go ahead and sell their products and services and all their tools in place. So what is a foundation or a framework? It could mean to you blocking times to go ahead and take care of yourself. It could be an accountability partner that helps you. For me, when I was training for my half marathon, I had accountability partners and different people that I reported back to. It could be systems and tools in place. Think about you in your current state now as a caregiver. Are you blocking time? Are you, do you have scheduled times where you do certain things? Think about your teams. Do you have a team of doctors that support you and, and provide a foundation for you? Do you have nurses? Do you have family or friends that are helping you in the care? What systems and tools do you have in place? What about you and your health and vitality? When I was training for my half marathon, I needed to go ahead, and I said needed really hard. I didn't mean to do that, but uh, really strong. But I needed to make sure that I did my long runs and even those short ones, like I, I, like I did Monday, Wednesday were my short runs, and then Saturday was my long run. But there were things that were, I always call them the gremlins in my head that would try to talk me out of getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and doing my running. And I chose 5 a.m. because then I, it didn't interrupt my day. So I had to put out my gym clothes. I had to set out my shoes. I had to make my shake and my water bottles in advance. So they were just grab and go. I even did things like creating a playlist that was specific to a short run or a long run because I needed that music to go ahead and keep me motivated. I had my watch ready to go and my route all mapped out. And I set up every moving piece so that I wouldn't get stopped in my track and talk myself out of it and let those gremlins in my head tell me to go back to sleep. For a lot of us, you can't rely on your personal discipline or you will not always be motivated to go ahead and uh, do things. So that's why you need this framework or foundation in place what would the ideal environment be for you to ensure that you are effective today? Think about your best days as a caregiver, as you're working your job or your business and your busy schedule. What does that ideal effective day look like? Is it a morning walk that you get up early and you have time to yourself to kind of take in the, the joy of the day? Is it 
uh, preparing your meals and eating healthy? Is it planning out your schedule and what's priority? I know you're busy and most likely working a job or a business too, and you're caregiving for your loved one. Are you thinking about your sleep? Because if you don't sleep well the night before and you burnt the midnight oil or you just had a rough night of sleep, think about how effective or ineffective you are the following day. If your productivity or motivation is not there, you have to ask yourself, why is that? Instead of saying, this went wrong or that is that got in the way, think about what framework or foundations that you're lacking to having an effective day. What things can I put in place that will help me the next time to be a better version of myself and a better caregiver. It may be just tweaking some schedules. It may be asking for help for the first hour of the day, whatever it would be based on your situation. Okay, so I'm shifting gears now to the second tip. And the second tip I was telling my husband last night, it's a little different than what I've already talked about in my previous episodes. It's taking you to a whole another level. My A number one strategy or asset to caregiving is, it is you. Yes, taking care of yourself. I just said that, right? I know it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. It may not be what you want to do, but you can't be an effective caregiver until you put yourself first. And I'm actually kind of almost yelling at you across the table. And most of the time, I used to be the person that would roll my eyes. And then I would say, okay, I'm going to take care of myself by going for a walk. I'm going to journal gratitude. I'm going to make sure I'm drinking my water and eating healthy. Those are, don't get me wrong. Those are all great ways to take care of yourself and should be mapped into your foundation if you can do it. Maybe it's meditation or yoga. Those are all the how-tos, but I want to dig deeper and get further into it and dig deeper than just the surface. The A number one strategy for you is to go ahead and find yourself an advocate, yourself a doctor. You might be thinking, wow, what is she saying? Let's take a quick break. I wanted to take a quick second and tell you about a free resource that I created just for you. It's not your typical one-page sheet. I wanted much more for you. I've done workshops on these topics and wanted to give you a resource that you could use to journal where you are at, reflect on your stress, and figure out ways to shift and move into a better space. Caregiver stress is inevitable, and if you don't find ways to reduce and release your stress, you're going to burn out. The good news, though, my friend, is no matter where you are at in your overwhelm or your caregiving season, you can shift your stress. In this resource, I share my stress 
shift plan, say that twice, that changed my caregiver life and many of my caregiver clients. I also give you proven practices to reduce your stress. You're going to see 17 of them. So download this great resource by going to my website at kathylvan.com. And my name is Kathy with a C. So it's C-A-T-H-Y-L-V-A-N.com. My friend, make yourself a priority. Take this next step and work through your stress. When you do that, you can show up better for your loved one. So without further ado, let's go back to the show. But I want you to think about how are you caring for yourself? You shouldn't wait to go to the doctor when you're sick or you're mentally struggling. You need to be proactive. You need someone who is guiding you in your health now that you are in a season because it is challenging. It is taxing on yourself. You need a medical doctor who is aware of your situation and is supporting and guiding you through this time and keeping your physical well-being in mind. You also need to think about your mental wellness in this caregiving season. What resources are you utilizing in this time? Could you be utilizing a therapist, a licensed professional, a counselor, whatever it would be? Do you need a health coach or a caregiving coach? Would would you find help in some sort of consultant or uh, an accountability friend or partner that is in the same caregiving space as you are that can relate? Or what about a support group? Think about this though. If you're running a business and you're a business owner and a successful business owner, most business owners have a business coach. They help the business, they help the business owner, the coach does, look at their conversions and their numbers, their profits and their losses. They help the the business owner put goals and strategies in place to succeed. On the flip side, think of you if you're working a job. You have a boss, you have a manager, whatever you call your leader, and they schedule regular meetings with you most of the time or performance reviews. They set goals. You have to meet expectations. They do check-ins with you. And if you're struggling, they're working through those with you. As a caregiver, most of us don't have that. We usually put ourselves on hold. I know what you are thinking because I have been there. You're thinking, I don't have time. I have to make time though. I have to make time or you have to make time. But think of the flip side if you don't make time. If you get sick, then what? What happens to your loved one? Who's going to take care of you if you get sick? I have a couple of stats I love to just pull in. The Family Care Alliance did a a blog recently a blog recently. I'm stumbling over my words today. Caregivers pay the ultimate price for providing care, and that is increased mortality. Elderly uh, spousal caregivers age 66 who experience caregiving-related stress had a 63% higher mortality rate than somebody that's not caregiving. That's mind-boggling. Here's another stat from agingcare.com. 30% of caregivers die before their loved one does. 
Some studies show that deaths are even higher than that. But what blew me away in this article and why I wanted to share this stat with you is the two leading causes of those 30% who died, died of depression-related symptoms or autoimmune diseases. It just blows my mind. You need someone that will tell you if you are healthy or if you're sick. You need somebody to confide in, to talk to them about your fatigue, your stress, your anxiety, and really taking a look at that. It may be getting lab work to go ahead and see if you're if you need to go ahead and adjust your medications or take extra vitamins. You may need to review your health habits and encourage you to make adjustments. And that may be your doctor. It might be a health coach with you, someone that can help you build a caregiving strategy that is sustainable. And that could be, you know, going to a resource, going to a coach, going to a a friend or a consultant or a support group. When Dennis, my husband, was diagnosed, he was assigned a nurse navigator for his care. She provided him with medical support, mental support, emotional support, answered questions on everything from medications to equipment to setting up the house and all of that kind of stuff. She also provided me with resources and tips in the form of a handout. And she said, here are some resources that are available to you in the local community. Let me know if you have questions or if you need more help. Red flag. I didn't do that. I just thought, oh, I can make it through this until I was to the point where I was in overwhelm. And then I went to the doctor and had to backtrack with that. If you don't start thinking about this now, and you don't start being proactive now, what's going to happen, and if you haven't gone out to my free download, which is the three levels of overwhelm, I think levels or stages, I call them, it's at kathylvan.com forward slash caregiver stress. There are three levels of overwhelm overwhelm that a caregiver goes into. So if you don't start thinking about this, you could start out with caregiver stress. There's tons of symptoms, tons tons of risks there. There's caregiver burnout, and you know when you start burning out. And then there's compassion fatigue, where you are tipping. You are tipping over, and it's going to be hard for you to recover. Um, if you don't start thinking about it, you're going to feel and start getting health issues, physical issues like high blood pressure, weight gain, mental issues like depression. And then all of the emotional things start happening as well. Loneliness, isolation. Maybe you're starting to feel anger and resentment and worry. And if you don't start talking to somebody or you don't start acknowledging that you're in that state, it can go ahead and keep bubbling and bubbling. Eventually then, when I went in for my doctor's appointment, because I was starting to be in the the burnout stage and I started noticing symptoms physically and mentally, I was starting to feel guilty for having, having to feel sick when I should not feel sick and be taking care of my loved one. And then so I started struggling with guilt, which is crazy. 
Why is it, I'm just throwing this out as just a random thought, is why is it that women caregivers don't want to think about themselves and put themselves first? We could debate this forever. We could have our own talk show on why women don't put themselves first. You know, all the way from motherhood through caregiving, we don't put ourselves first. In my opinion, it's plain silly. I want to applaud women, and I do applaud women who are finding ways to make their lives easier. They are going ahead and delegating, asking for help, going ahead and shifting their thoughts. They're taking time to go to the gym. They're making appointments to meet with their doctor and their counselors. They're going in for their routine mammograms and physicals. Uh, during the challenging times. So friend, reach out and ask for your support during this time. I hope, hope, hope this prompts you to look at the last time you had a physical, last time you had diagnostic testing and lab work done. If it's been too long, schedule the time now. If you say, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait, when is going to be a good time for you? Explore therapy. Some of your employers, if you're working for an employer, have a free visit or two, or they have a reduced plan. You can look at your local support groups and charities. They have, they have some discounts and some free things that may be available to you. And now that COVID happened, most appointments are online. And sometimes that's a lot easier where you could go ahead and find a quiet spot and just talk to somebody. You also could join an online support group. You could go ahead and ask your nurse navigator. You could look at um, social media, Facebook, Facebook groups. As a matter of fact, if you're a woman and you're caregiving right now, I want to extend an invitation to our Caregiver Cup community. It's called The Caregiver Cup Community on Facebook. It's a private Facebook group where I go live every Wednesday and do some training. We we chat, we have a Q&A sessions, but the magic happens in the networking and just chatting with each other through our postings online. So if that you know, flips a switch for you, I, I open the doors. You have just have to answer a series of questions to get in because it's a private group and we want to just go ahead and make sure we're not letting in any gremlins or noise. I have, I'm using gremlins a lot today and I don't know why. I think I saw a, a commercial or something with a gremlin or maybe it was a pop-up like YouTube video or something. <laughs> I don't know. You can't take on everything though. You have to take care of yourself to be the effective caregiver. You need a foundation and you need to go ahead and take care of yourself. It's important to love yourself and make a personal commitment to yourself. I think of the foundation as almost like if you were building a home on a cement slab foundation, if that cement slab foundation wasn't strong enough, it's going to fall down. You have to go ahead and think about what's going to be my foundation and how am I going to go ahead and take care of my loved one and be the best version of myself and not get sick. And one of those foundation pieces has to be 
a commitment to yourself. Your loved one goes ahead and gets care, but you also need care during this time. Because if you don't go ahead and take care of yourself, what could happen? And you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't go ahead and be successful unless you go ahead and take care of yourself. That's why I called my podcast The Caregiver Cup Community, because it's always about what am I putting in my cup? What, how am I refilling my cup? How am I going ahead and pouring my cup to others? I feel that you should give your cup, your pour from your cup, but also keep 50% of your cup full. Hopefully this helps you today and hopefully you it just kind of gets your thoughts going. If you liked what you've heard, I hope you go ahead and hit that follow button or whatever your podcast does, that like button, that follow button. And if you know somebody else that is a caregiver that may benefit from hearing some of my words, please share that with them today. And until we meet again next week, I want you to have a good week and take care. And uh, for those of you who um, I'm, I'm, I'm taping this on Saturday before Mother's Day. So I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. If it's the Tuesday after Mother's Day, I'm wishing you a happy belated Mother's Day to anybody that is a mother, is a grandma, is a godmother, is an aunt, is an is a fur baby mama, is a an adopted mama or just a mother figure. I want to go ahead and and wish you a belated happy Mother's Day. I think Mother's Day should be every day, but I hope that you have a great rest of the day and love you all. Bye for now.